coming at you with another episode of Talk About That. Mm. I am John. What? I'm here with my good friend, Johnny. That's me. Johnny is a, a world-traveling comedian. Not the world. Well, I mean, everywhere so, you travel is so. in the world. So that's true. That's, that's true. Point. Yeah. I've never been outside of this world. <laughs> Technically, we're all world travelers. Did you see the documentary about the Flat Earth people? Uh, you've told me about it's it a little bit. It's called Behind the Curve. Uh, oh. Mm. Yeah. See, that's it's a weird. double entendre. Or, it's weird. They're... Uh, there's some odd folks out there that believe a lot. But don't of they don't actually not believe the Earth is flat? They, well, they just... believe it's a disc, and that uh, that we're just experiencing like that the the sun and moon just rotate around us like a little. They have like glow. They have models of it. Do they believe that there's not there's there's not like a alternate? Dimi- <laughs> I mean, did they believe it's a two dimensional thing, or is there actually three dimensions? There's three dimensions, but it's like a plate, and they believe that it, at the edges is ice, like an ice wall. So that's okay. why when somebody says they went to Antarctica, they believe Antarctica is around the edge of the plate. Wow. And that no one's ever been to it. That's why we can't get I to it. I feel like you know a lot about it. This documentary was unbelievable. Yeah. And in that I don't believe it. <laughs> Speaking of unbelievable. Yeah. Guys, we're so excited to have a very special guest in studio. All of our guests aren't always in studio, but this guy, we tracked him down. He's John a, Stamos. He's a world traveler no, that's as not well. He's not but we here. want to welcome this morning our good friend Andrew Wharton. Oh, that's a good into guest. Into studio. Yeah. yeah. How you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. Yeah. Just uh, glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have what you here. Yeah. Well, you're a longtime listener. First time caller. Yeah. Yes, I, I would. I would probably say I'm about. Three quarters through all of them. Didn't you the other day you tell me up, like you give up when we get to the spiritual stuff? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, here we go. Stop. Some people give up when we talk about the vols. Some people like <laughs> yeah, give up when yeah, it's uh, it's slide forward when we talk about That's, the vols. I understand. You're a Vandy we guy. A lot. We actually have down. We we we've, we try to tailor it back a little bit. By Taylor, yeah. I mean as if we're if, as if we were creating tennis. like <laughs> metaphorical clothes for yeah. all of our listeners. We're altering, crafting. We're, yes, yes. Words are not always my strong suit right now. No, it's so sad. You're both speakers. I'm a little disappointed. I I, uh, I really want to be on the episode that we got to talk about John saying intercourse in church. <laughs> I know you missed it. it was last week. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I had like all kinds of comments as I was listening. Yeah, well, but they were going to be just as inappropriate as what he said. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to dig your own hole. I like to use shorter words. Yeah. What are some words that you would use? <laughs> like, really? We don't need to use Really? <laughs> You know, there's an in, there's a city called Intercourse, Pennsylvania, and they all that it's half their half their uh, income is from tourism dollars because they have these shirts that say "I heart Intercourse." Okay, you gave me one of those shirts for my honeymoon. Did I really? Yes. I, I Where just, did I get when it? You said that. That have just you ever reminded been there? me. Have you ever been there? No, I've been there. You know who I went there with? Who? You're gonna love this. Your wife. No. Okay. Well, yes, I did go there with my wife. <laughs> but if you know what I mean, with, <laughs> along with forty five. Senior adults from our church, the second year of our church, but we took was a trip it, to what there. Was, what we were you got there off for? and took a picture in front of the intercourse sign. You took oh, a picture so they knew the, it was like a tongue-in-cheek thing. What, Mama what said, is, wait, wait, I was homeschooled. So you're telling me the senior adults of the church wanted <laughs> yeah, to take a picture that? in were front? Yes, I was here. Yeah, yeah, I don't, we rode them all up in a bus, and we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and we went all up in that Amish Did country, you go to, and there was intercourse. So And Middlesex. It's right next to Middlesex, I think. Isn't it? Oh my God! I feel like such a twelve-year-old right now. Like I'm we just, are. There's, there's a place called Johnny. Look it up. There's there is a place, a place called, called Middlesex. Sex. There's a hell, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. There's a hell in. Um, Man, I'm really struggling in with the this. Cayman Islands. Actually, there's a hell in the Cayman Islands. There is. It's like a volcanic area. Roy shot some stuff in front of there with uh, 
one time. So anyway, uh, so I do believe Johnny, cause I just had a flashback when you said that I do believe you gave, I have a t-shirt from my honeymoon from, that says I heart standing in front of a hot tub in Cancun, Mexico, Man. me wearing like this 21 year old yeah. man. Man, child, <laughs> wearing a shirt that says "I love intercourse" and like looking at the camera, making like this funny face in my honeymoon. And I, was, I think you gave me. The, it had to be you that gave me that shirt. So this is. Uh, I was. I just got to hang out with a couple of comedians last week, and we were tell, talking about the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association, that we're all members of. Uh, these all the three of these comedians I was with, and so we were talking about every CCA. They do these open mics, and these new comedians they tell jokes. And they're usually really raw and really rough and not great yet. But they have one joke. Everybody has like one joke, it seems like. And it'll leave something with you. And this guy got up. He was probably 28 at the time. And he said, I'm, uh, I just want everybody to know, I'm 28, I'm unmarried, something about me. I'm also a, a virgin. And it's Christians, so they all clapped. They all clapped. And this is what he said. He said, well, I appreciate it, but it's really been a group effort. <laughs> I thought that was such a funny response. <laughs> My celibacy has been a group. A lot Lots of people, of people have, have conspired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, Hail Michigan. Yeah, uh, not is. Hail Michigan. That's a different thing. That's their fight song. But, yeah. No, that's great. So I find that, uh, I find that this kind of intro conversation yeah. is just kind of like right up my alley kind of pushes me into my element yeah. it's like what i'm here for well you do have the spiritual gift of innuendo yeah it's uh, a spiritual gift I don't of think it's a accidental spiritual it's like accidental it's all from the heart it's it never is. intentional no never intentional i never say anything intentional i've never seen a person actually who was as unintentional about about innuendo as you are and yet now we're, look, we're not going to go into all the things that have happened so everyone just needs to know we talk about andrew all the time so I mean, like Andrew is one of the closest friends in my life, like lifelong history. Like my, most of my adult life, he's been my friend. So this is true. I 15 years. And I knew him before that a little while. So almost as long as Johnny. Mm -hmm. So Johnny's a little longer, but Andrew's right up there. And we three have traveled and lived life in a crazy, we've all worked together. Mm -hmm. We've traveled together. We've stayed in hotel rooms together. We've done mission trips together. We've done events together mm -hmm. because Andrew was uh, with Media Shout, a it was like back if you ever heard a pro presenter, other like presentation software on the screen yeah. that you guys watch during church. If you go to church and you watch while there's moving pictures and other things and backgrounds, Andrew's company worked for, founded sort of that technology in the church world. We and did so, in the early two thousands, late nineteen nineties. Yeah, and you traveled for how many years? I did that for about six years, six and a half, seven years, eight years. Did it three years, four years while we planted the church. So I was travel. I would travel, go do shows through the week, or go on tour during the week with some band member or some group wanting to do media. We yeah, and you've been on it. tour with Crowder and a bunch have, of people, right? Back have, when he was like when he was just getting going. When he was Crowder, yeah. When he was just back Crowder. when he was just Crowder. Mm -hmm. You were doing worship, not David. You were doing worship together. We did a lot of worship together. We did a lot of. Uh, we helped produce a lot of moving visual media for songs as opposed to just still graphics. So we were – and we were even – believe it or not, we were doing some southern gospel people. We were pretty – had several of those who were doing screens and projectors. And, yeah. you know, again, this is – Which is like 90s. witchcraft to them Absolutely. when it started out, right? <laughs> like what do you mean you're going to put pictures on the wall? Moving and move them. Is it like back, we were talking about back masking before we started taping That's about how we were all obsessed with it. All of our parents would be like, they're putting messages. So and Tim Hawkins has a thing where he's like, Eat, burp, burp, Satan wants a hot dog. 
If that's the message. <laughs> Wait a minute. Forwards, it said take drugs and kill yourself. Backwards, it said Satan wants a hot dog. Oh, I'm supposed to be gosh. concerned. Okay. <laughs> so Johnny and I actually met Andrew. So you want to have a convergence. Our last guest on the show was Reggie Debs. Let's yeah. put let's put all this together. Johnny and I were in a band called Scarlet Thread, which you guys know all about. You know we've never <laughs> you know, done. You know much. we've never done. We've never played. Toy yeah, we did. We played the. Oh, we played. Play, we never played Toyota play Van. Toy we played part of know. Parade. We played Toyota Van is our most clown board. Toyota we've Van. We've talked about Toyota Van. I've heard yeah. it talked about several times. It's our most famous song, probably actually mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, and maybe just in this circle, it's the most. No, no, famous. no, guys, worldwide. Uh, we've already established what a new definition of worldwide. It's just a plate. Yeah, and so on the plate. But so Johnny and I were going to. It, was it Cincinnati? It's Kings Island. It was Kings Island. Oh, yeah, Where yeah, is yeah. that? Is that Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yeah. We we're going to Kings Island to perform for an event called Summer Fest Blast. Summer Blast. Summer Blast. And Reggie Dabbs was the speaker. Andrew Wharton was running all the media for the entire show. And I was a youth pastor and you were a youth leader. And we yeah. took the youth group with us. And so it was like the convergence. And that was the weekend. What year was that? Was that like 2002 maybe? It, it would have been. It was before we started church. It would have been one, I think. 2001. Yeah, because it was before one or we two. started church. Yep. Because you started church in, oh, it was 02 when you started church. It was 02, so this was, was before that. Dude, Golly, that was crazy. And that was a flood. It flooded. It flooded. It flooded yeah. the room. Remember yep. that? Yep. We had to, like, I we had, had a microphone. all the stuff out, all my gear, all the computers. We were pulling it all out oh of there, moving gosh. it to another room upstairs because we came in. There was like five inches of water in the room. And one of our mics had tipped, the boom stand had tipped over. The mic was just in, the, in the water. water. Underwater, yeah. yeah. We God, met you. I forgot about that. I had to move everything. And uh, our friend Terry Allen was there. He brought us in. He was the your good friend. He was the district youth director who brought us in at the time. And so, like Dane and Seth, and because Seth is Andrew's son, they were all little yeah, kids. Seth would have been like nine, ten, yeah. mm-hmm. like total little kids. And we, we moved to a different room. I remember we sang "Let the River Flow." And we thought we were being so clever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's sing "Let the River <laughs> Flow." <laughs> they love it. They eat this up. But that was like when we met Andrew, and we kind of became friends. And that's when we kind of connect with Reggie for the first time. Of course, Andrew was uh, roommates with Reggie in college. Yeah, Reggie and I go back to our childhood when we roamed the hills of a camp together yeah. as mm-hmm. uh, young junior high kids. And then you knew each other up... before college. Oh, yeah. You know, we knew each other. Sure I knew that. Yeah, we knew each other when we were kids because oh, wow. we converged every year at this camp. And then from that camp, we would, you know, see each other maybe occasionally if I was in East Tennessee or something like that. And then he he went to Evangel, and then I, through my course of journeys of uh, centuries of schools I attended, ended up at Evangel and, and saw it, Reggie across the parking lot one day, and he said, hey, what are you doing? So it was totally unplanned. Like, totally yeah. unplanned. Yeah. I was my, – my dad was – that's a whole other story, but I, I was just there. I had was checking out the school uh, and saw Reggie and said, man, if Reggie's going to school here yeah. and he's inviting me to come be a sweet mate, I'm in. Oh yeah, and so that's what uh, that's how I so saw the old, pi- the old picture of Reggie too. He had a he had a full on like fro. Oh man, it was huge. It's a big fro. We would stick stuff in it, you know, like and not yeah. tell him, you know, from behind. <laughs> right, he could just oh, be wow. hanging out pencil he or did. something. <laughs> wow. So that's how long I've known Reggie. Wow. And then we converged later for you guys, and that's where we all met. So that's a that's a full circle. Yeah, and then John John moved here in two thousand what four, and that was kind of the end of our band. Because we were in a band together. Hey, you know what? Like, well, that's wow. are, you, are you blaming me for you the end what? of the band? That's well, what that sounded what like. That's what exactly I, what that yeah. just sounded like. Here's what like. happens in Christian rock. You do the thing, and you're like, we're going to do it. And then when you don't get a record deal after the first few years, you're like, one of us is going to take a job as a worship pastor or a youth pastor. And that's what <laughs> that's what happens with every every Christian band. That's how, I know Christian bands now, they're either realtors, youth pastors, worship pastors. 
Or yeah. some, some, some of them become senior pastors, but that's a step. So it was just what was bound to happen, and I didn't blame you. But two years later, I kept coming and visiting here, and I said, man, this really feels like I want to. We were running a nonprofit in Knoxville still, and I kept thinking, man, this is where we want to be. I don't know why, but I want to be here. So we moved, and I didn't really, we didn't really have a job yet. So I met with Pastor Andrew, and I was just like, he was like, well, I can't offer you a job on staff because we don't have much money, but we have money to clean the building. Like we're all just kind of parting it out and we're each like doing a section of the money that we would pay somebody to clean the building, but you don't want to do that. And I was like, I'll do it. I was really like looking yeah. for a, a way to kind of get here. And I thought, well, I'll teach you go and you can teach Sunday school. You can do whatever you want to do. And then, you know, you can, and I was getting my correspondence like ministry papers through an online thing. And I was like, well, okay. And it was just, that's how I got here. So I mopped floors and cleaned toilets, and that freaked me out. It not, freaked you out that I that said you, yes. Not that you were cleaning toilets, but what freaked me out yeah. was that there were people in the early days yeah. of the church journey yeah. who would like sell out and come to clean toilets. Yeah, and you're freaking out, thinking, "Oh my God, is this person going to be able to make it? Is this right. person going to survive?" Are we, we're taking them they're, on to the raise. Yeah, they're coming here, and now I'm responsible to yeah. make sure you eat, but. I mean, what if they don't like it? And then you're changing no, your whole I, life for maybe something that I'm doing. Is it? We had a little bit of, of we had like a little bit of savings. We found a house and threw some of the money at that. And because we knew we weren't be able to like, I thought if we started out renting, I thought we'll never be able to get into a house if we, because I just had resigned, like we're going to make X amount a year from here on out. And I'm just going to do this and sell it to this idea. So we didn't know what the future was. Curry didn't have a job. My wife didn't have a job at all at the time. And then she worked for Wilson Bank for a while, and then she worked with Royce at Media Shout for a while. She did that I for don't a little bit. Yeah, she answered phones and wow, did that. I don't think I remember that. I don't remember she that cold at all. called churches and stuff. Who was your presentations? I don't know what she did, but it was a <laughs> click. You know, it was a lot of those. <laughs> but it was it was scary, but it was an exciting time, and I just felt like this was home. And this was such like you guys fostered this huge culture of dreamers here. And Nashville's got its own energy too that maybe you weren't aware of because you've always been here or you've been in all around. But I'm saying. You come from Middle Tennessee, and so there's an energy to Nashville that isn't necessarily present in East Tennessee as far as like, well, let's go. If there's a positivity, you know what I'm saying, that I felt, and plus just the culture of this church. I mean, I just felt like welcomed. I remember you helped me. You helped pay to move me. Oh, yeah. You helped pay to move me. You bought me a fridge. I couldn't believe it. I was like. I'm going to do custodial staff at this church. And they're like, treat me like I'm coming on did as executive pastor. I think we pounded you too. I think you did. I yeah, mean, I remember sure it was like, it was a lot of stuff. It was, it was, you guys helped me move in. It was really cool. And, uh, it just took the edge off of that. Any fear that I felt, which definitely there was some anxious times, but it was exciting. It was so, it was, it was I, I'm going to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Those, yeah. because we were all just still trying to figure out what we were doing and where we were going. Yeah. We probably hadn't been in the building more than just, no, just a couple of years. Couple I mean, a year and a half. Because yeah. John, when John moved here, y'all hadn't even built it. So you've no, been in the building about was, a year when I moved in. Yeah, I was doing construction that two construction years before you got here. Years. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. We, were doing, put, we would do events yeah. in the, and we would work on the building all day because we built the church ourselves. Yeah. Like physically outside of the steel and the concrete. We did, mm-hmm. you know, we did everything. And, and, uh, we would work all day and then try to plan something late in the evening and then have some event. And I remember we had this one event and 
I think I'll never forget it. We had this one event. So I think you guys, I think the band came down we and came played. We came and played, yeah. And I played this. down in the, in the, oh in the field. Gosh, you in the truck, that? on the truck, on yeah. the truck that folded down the, the side of it, folded down. It went down. The winch yep. comes down. Oh, yep. my gosh. And yes. I remember going down there. <laughs> we had done all the work because obviously in my state of positioning at that point, I was doing all the media stuff. Yeah. And was setting all the mics, whatever, whatever. And I remember going down when it was over and, and I walked up on you guys and y'all were just going at it and just... Not, not like mean going at it, but like funny going at it. Like Johnny was slinging them left and right in innuendos. And, just, and I, was I don't like, think I was slinging ah, well, Yeah, you were, John. It's like you were some innuendo against John. And then John slinging something back yeah, at you and yeah. the other band members. We it's were just, a sarcastic it this, bunch. It was just this really amazing um, homogeneous connection between yeah. all of y'all. And it was like to me from kind of the outsider looking in going, man, this is really yeah. This is really powerful stuff that, that I see in these guys. And that's the same thing that I saw when we were up there, which led me ultimately to call John to come be a part of the church. Which, But seeing you there when you said, hey, I got to clean toilets, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? It was, it was, a, it was because there was something there that I wanted to see. Well, yeah. Foster. And I think by wow. within six months, I was doing the building and I was doing college ministry yep. at my house. Wow. And then I did that for another three years, three or four years. And then we then I but when I like about two years in I remember I came to you and said I need to go to part time I started doing stand up and I said I can't get work because yeah. I have to be back here on the weekends to get the building ready there's no way it'll ever I'll ever be able to get so I was starting to get some work and a lot of the work was coming from you guys like our network of people Terry Allen and mm-hmm. but it was growing and I was like but can what's going to happen and you were like oh we'll find somebody to clean the building you just keep doing college ministry you like were totally unrattled by it and it was said, called we, the living room. Yeah, that's right. The I living room was, was my college ministry. But you were so supportive, <laughs> and I'll never forget that. Like, I think a lot of pastors lead from a fear. They're afraid to put brilliant people around them. Not that I was brilliant, but I'm saying I'm just giving you the example of some pastors that lead from the fear-based model. Of like, I want to make sure that everybody underneath me is like a little less spiritual than me or a little bit less knowledgeable than me so that I can feel superior. I want to make sure the spotlight stays on me. If somebody does something great, I want to make sure that I do something even greater that I, you just had this different style, and so it really meant a lot to me to see like the level of support that I felt, uh, or even early on. I mean, I had I think I had two dates on the calendar when I went to part time, which I gave up my insurance doing that. I remember when you came in and you said, "Hey, listen, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm a shine, I'm a shooting star, I, Pastor. I, can't, I just can't. I'm out of here. I got to be able to go on the, be away on the weekends. Yeah." And I remember thinking to myself, absolutely, you know, stay the course, do the yeah. do the living room piece. Yeah, because that and was Tuesday night. Then I remember saying as you walked out of the room, God help him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be he's, dead in six really, months. He's really not funny. <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it was. That, uh, oh, God. God, that was great. That's hilarious. No, um, but yeah, I think that that was cool. And we, I remember we did, we did a, uh, a minister's retreat and we were in Sewanee mm-hmm. when I told you that. Is that the one? I'm That's when we were all Is staying. That when in I this, told y'all that oh we were God, all staying Swanee at the lake was house. Where I made y'all, was that where I made y'all sing "Friends or Friends Forever"? I don't remember. Probably I think it that. was because I, we talked about hating that particular because it you know it's kind Are of you really. When you were doing the youth thing, yeah, no, that was in Gallenberg. So was that Gallenberg? Yeah, that was Gallenberg. Yeah. Swanee was oh, our staff retreat. We were Sorry. packing up the dreams. That's correct. Planet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we did that for you up in. We. That was Gallenberg. Yes, I remember this. We talked about it Yeah, I hadn't moved here yet. Yeah, I had yeah. not moved here yet. That was one of the ways we got you. That's when you and him probably really had some. We really did. We had a good time that weekend. That's right. I forgot about that. I just remember that mm-hmm. night we were talking about just songs to do. And I said, guys, we'll just do something at the end. Just kind of follow along with whatever I'm, you know, wherever I speak back. You remember who played keys that weekend? 
KC. KC Martin. So oh, KC, did he really? KC did. Martin. And my favorite thing, so KC, we, we lured him that weekend too. You and I were luring people. KC would do my favorite thing, and I've seen other people do it since then. I never had seen it before, though. But if he was playing, because he could play really crazy all over the keys, he was an amazing player, an improv, improv, improvisational player. And he'd be playing. I remember one time we were doing a baby dedication, and he was dun, 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 and it's just like it sounded like he was just playing original stuff. And he'd go. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, is he playing Isn't She Lovely? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing Stevie Wonder. One time he was like, I was like, is he playing Mickey Mouse? What? <laughs> and he would just like wink. He would look out to see if anybody was noticing that uh, he was just totally like I playing to, the Nabisco commercial. I used to work in Wind Beneath My Wings. To some old, if oh, if, if a preacher was talking extra long, I'll start, I would start working it in. <laughs> I work in Wind Beneath John, My Wings. We should use that condition. <laughs> But put a few minors underneath yeah, it, you know. Just make no it one, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Change just, every third note or whatever. Just look and see if yeah. anybody, you know. That's kind that's of an fun. old, that's kind of an old uh, piano player altar call yeah. type thing in our culture. Yeah, I saw an, an our, uh, documentary about Sam Kinison, uh, the comedian who's famous for being like a screaming, you right. know, crazed like person. Yeah, and lots of curse words. But he was the son of a revival preacher, and he used to play piano in the revival, and that's how he got started. He was an amazing piano player. And he said when they would do the offering, he would sneak in the music from The Sting. As they're passing the hat or whatever. <laughs> it was, the, I will say that having two people, for me, it's always been unique to put people together that function together. Yeah. So to bring the two of you together, there was just a, a natural energy that happened just outside of the yeah. the, the normal routine of work, the job, the, the mechanics, but just the fun because you guys have produced so much amazing content. Y'all probably haven't talked. We I know you haven't talked a lot about it on the show, but we kind of one of our things in church has always been to, you know, kind of put forth funny, fun stuff. And boy, when you while you were cleaning before yeah. you took the big leap into right. full time national hero comedian. No, not even. It was but like yeah. this. Same more things. It like was that. this. It was just this. <laughs> This constant, we were living in it. We were living in you now. We yeah. had you to ourselves. Yeah. And it was so fun because every three or four weeks we'd produce something that was so good. I mean, I started thinking about the song you did for the city. I did the census song and we did oh, that. Right. So they were doing a 10 year census and the yeah. city asked us to help. <laughs> so Johnny and I wrote a song. To, to the theme of uh, where everybody knows your name, everybody from Cheers, name. the Cheers, Cheers theme. So I played it on keys and it was, you, I'm sure you remember all the it lines. It was. Uh, this city's going to grow, so we've got to know your name. So we've got to know your name. Yeah. We know these yellow shirts are lame. Yeah, we had these yellow shirts for the census. And the mayor, and like they were all oh, here. Yeah. And, I think we you, made, and we made fun of them the whole time in the song. And then the last part was, get on the roll so everybody knows your name. Did and then, you, and then I used to say, get on the roll or we're going to make you ride our train. Because we just added this terrible little train that goes from Mount Juliet <laughs> to downtown. And everybody was so proud of it, but it's just a junky little you know three-car train. And so that was my like but, but it's, but this, it's And like, I thought the city, I thought the city's going to be offended. I like the music city the city said, come do this at City Hall. We did. We went to City Hall. And they put it on city television. That's right. We went and did it, yeah. Did we wear the yellow shirts? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We you, had, you had the yellow shirt. Guys, that's just one, like, like Andrew's right. Like, there's there's so, so much, much. More, we've forgotten more than yeah. we can remember. My like, favorite. It's that much stuff. My favorite, hands down. And I texted to y'all about every, I don't know, yeah. every year or so because as i'm scrolling through my itunes it'll just naturally come up it's right. called you know i put the pee in your picnic I put the pee in your picnic for the dog oh that came gosh. over to church and yeah so I mean, we had a, we have a neighbor to our church or did uh who's a country music songwriter singer songwriter named andy griggs and he has a 
a blue tick ham. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a it was a it was a coon dog. Yeah, and so we had this outdoor picnic, and his dog got loose, came all the way over to our church property, and he was just milling around, milling around. People were eating off people's plates, and then he relieved himself into the handbag of one of our Mm -hmm. people who went to our church, and so we. I don't know why, but that person we, got. We, I think that person was upset. Were they upset? I think they, they, were, they weren't upset. They weren't upset. Oh, okay. But so he was on the radio, Nashville radio, the next week during an interview, and she yeah. called in. Somebody right. called in. Yeah, she called in, and which said, was mortifying to us. We were embarrassed. Yeah, we thought maybe he thought we were upset. We weren't. She right. wasn't. But just to make sure, we wrote a song. We a country wrote a country song, song called him. "I Put a P." I put the P in your picnic. <laughs> And the hook of the, the chorus was, is that my purse or urine? And <laughs> it's so stupid. And we had a barking dog in there. I think yeah. I produced that one. It was, Gosh, it was, it was great. But we, we, we cut it. And, and we made a We had a we gift basket of dog biscuits, dog biscuits and, and everything. Kinds of stuff. And a CD with that on it. And he probably thought... He what? loved it. He called, guys, me. he called me the next week. When are y'all going to actually preach the gospel and get people saved? This is <laughs> uh, what you do all day. <laughs> this is our plan. Okay, you're telling me he called you? To this oh, day, yeah. To this day, I thought he never said a oh, word. Oh, man, just, he loved it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Why did you tell great. me that? I don't know. What does it matter? I mean, Shout we just, out to we just, Andy Griggs. Andy was, oh, Andy was great. And uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. it was pretty funny. Remember the Bolivia song? By the way, I could pull. God, all, I, I could pull all these I in. About the Bolivia. I have them too. all. My oh computer. my gosh! The I could pull these great. in. Yeah, but they don't want to hear three minutes of a Bolivia. No, no, no. Song they can either. hear like a chorus or something. Yeah. But I could pull in. Uh, so Johnny and I, we because okay, we've been to Bolivia to build a children's home in Cochabamba. I think I've been six times. Andrew's probably been God at least knows. a dozen. Yeah. Johnny, you've probably been what three or four. Mm-hmm. And so, some of the best times of our life. I've been down in, in, in Bolivia. And so we, Andrew is like, so it's hard for the listener to understand that this guy makes moments better than anybody. Like it, it, it's just his thing. Like if you're on a trip, especially he, he's going to make a moment and make something special about it. Whether it's a, a shirt, but it won't just be a shirt. Like yellow we're, we're, we're going to have shirt. an event in which the shirt is given to you and people, I mean, and he's making spiritual moments, and, and it's, it's been amazing. So one of the things he'd always do is he would, like, basically require us. We'd be out laying brick or doing something, you know, and he's, like, come in about two days before. Now, look, guys, we got to write a song because yeah. we always have a big night at well, the end. the end of the week, it's like uh, – it, to me, it's like a part – remember the Partridge family where they would have their life experiences, and then at the end of the show – they write a song about it together as a family, and it becomes a big hit on the radio or whatever. Yep. That was us. We had to have our Partridge Family moment yeah. where every, we— every, um, every trip. Yeah. So we would do a wrap-up song, uh, and sometimes it would be a rap. It was, we did it rap. Was a rap. We, we actually reprised a couple songs into a rap. We took the oh, course man. in the previous year. There's anything better than white dudes rapping. Uh, in, I don't want to hear about it. In a foreign country. Yeah. But we did a song— called don't flush paper down the toilet because right. when you're in yep. south america you can't flush paper down the yeah. toilet you'll you'll back it up and it had like some crazy lines what was the i don't remember i remember one of the raps was about pastor freddie we ride with freddie he drives like mario and dreddy are you ready because you'll, you'll be uh are you ready because you'll be throwing up spaghetti you'll be nauseous, nauseous. man i urge you, you to be cautious and it's, it's the rainy, rainy season, season so you better bring galoshes to the andes there ain't a room from pan so for pandy oh wait there ain't no room for pansies <laughs> yeah better watch out because alpaca's gonna alpaca gonna stampede, stampede. Yeah. folks are sleepy because the andes they was steep see 
And Leslie Squeeze and Nino's ain't got covered in their pee pee. Because Leslie got, yeah, got peed on by It all comes back to pee, you guys. <laughs> He's covered right. in pee. all about, why is it all about you? And it was in the flow, guys. I was, I was, I, I assure yourself, I was rapping like, I was spitting but, like but, a but, mad but, alpaca. But let me just say, yeah. I, I know we, dude, that was great stuff. It like, really was. I mean, you know, even though it was in the moments and it was all one-off stuff and it's done, one and done and you're never going to well, hear it Well, that's the thing. It's like another thing you can ever, because it's like, how could you ever... You can't convey the the humor of the moment. I mean, everybody's roaring in the But in that's the why it works. It's almost so like, uh, yeah, it's almost like what you'd see on like, whose line is it anyway, where you're making stuff up in the moment. And it's so funny because it's it's in the room stuff. Absolutely. I always say that about when I travel with Tim, that people always go, why does, why does he not make you go first? And the honest reason is Tim likes to be the first one to make fun of the room because he doesn't want me to burn all that because he wants to go, your chandelier looks like a spaceship. You're, you know, right. what, he wants to say all that. And if I go first, I'm going to do it. You get to do it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's sad is that your listeners will never be able to receive the joy mm. of the picture of the two of you because you also dressed in costume oh, for, right. for that. You had like... Remember you had like oh. paper plates and aluminum foil around your neck, like they were chains right. and did stuff we have like that. Names? We did. You did. Because it's had, the Bolivian Hope Center. Bolivian, mm-hmm. I was run. I was run BHC, mm-hmm. and you were Save Your Save. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the best. Save your save. <laughs> there were things we okay. We can't do the thing. <laughs> you down with BHC? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, you know me. You down with BHC? Yeah, yeah, you know me. You down with BHC? Yeah, you know me. Who lives at BHC? Orphans. And we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We did not we didn't, use that. We didn't do that. But, but Johnny did that. That was we, the first. Oh, there were so many inappropriate outtakes that we couldn't do. Is like because we didn't want to. Ma- it was like you're having fun <laughs> with this horrible thing happening in these kids' lives, but the kids are loving it because we're helping them. And so, you, but there was always that line that's yeah. serious, like um, yeah. what we're doing here. And any given moment, the government could shut down. Yeah, I know. They just and, like elected yeah. a communist. They had free elections, but they elected like a communist that was going to shut down everything. And, anyway. he, and he just keeps changing the rules now yeah. and just keeps being the president. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's always God. So well, there was a cool. lot of great stuff. I also have a friend uh, on Facebook who lives in North Dakota, and he just took a trip to the Living Hope Center with his church. Really? Nice. So it was kind of cool to see. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're gonna have a great time!" And yeah, but it was so see. it was such an environment of health, of health, and and we're gonna we're gonna recognize what we're doing. We're gonna try to encourage the people that are around. I mean, you know, we, we obviously clearly missed a lot of things along the way, but you know, that's a conversation for another day. But the, the the camaraderie of what we did and the the all in because you know they probably don't even know additional to this we would do a video every year at the big thing we do this every year called the state of church address was yeah. kind of like the the reprise of the year but more than that it was just kind of hey you know we're still all doing this we're still in this together and so I would make you guys produce oh some kind gosh. of just can you just oh, do and we had a top last funny. year every year every we had year a top had it. to be better than the year before and we had these things that we would introduce every year and then Jeffrey would. Jeffrey Holland, our video guy, he would put, he would just, he would We've, bring stuff back every year and, and bid it in so that yeah. you know, every year the bit's in there, but now there's new stuff. And then it's self-referential. It was like two hours, you know. <laughs> the, I remember the year, the first or second year when we realized, he realized how to make an explosion, like a real fireball that wasn't CGI. And I go, what are we going to do? And he said, we get a camping propane tank, like the little green, and we put it out in a field and... We put tea light candles around it in a circle. And you light the tea light candles. I go, this sounds really dangerous. 
And then we had another. Weston would shoot it with a twenty-two. Yeah. It would go off from off camera. At, from, from off, off camera, camera it just explode. And it would just put a hole in, it and all the gas leaks out all at once, and it hits the tea light candles and makes whatever. So the, however big you want your fireball to be, you put the tea light candles that far apart. <laughs> so we started mastering this. I remember the last one we did was like two tanks. We put two tanks side by side and shot through both. Was this the one where the dinosaurs are fleeing? What, what sorry, yeah. Thomas Jefferson's fleeing the dinosaurs with yeah. machine guns as everything explodes behind him? Yeah. Because that was, again, that kind of stuff happened in these episodes. Yeah, because we had to use what we had around us, which was we had the two dino outfits that we had bought somewhere that we used for like kids carnival and stuff. and kids. We had George Washington out. We, we brought him in quite a bit. He was, he was, he was commonplace. He could be year. Thomas Jefferson or George Washington, whatever we needed. Uh, it, uh, yeah, my so favorite weird. explosion piece, though, was we did a we, whenever we would also take a missional journey, which was quite frequent. Yeah. We would always produce video pieces for that, which were you know sometimes we would spoof those a little bit. Sometimes they were more serious, but yeah. all these other ones were spoofs. But my favorite was when we were doing the explosion. I think it was the one where y'all were mocking me for falling off and breaking my arm in Bolivia. Yeah, that's right. And, and Hubert Gomez was playing me. Mocking, mocking is a strong word. Yeah, no, well, mocking is we, the word. That is well, what here's what did. happens in our church. Everything's like, is he okay? Is he going to be okay? And once we know you're going to be okay, uh-huh, sure. like it's on. Y'all were riding it while I was on the plane coming home, and y'all were still there. Don't kid so me. Andrew, that. I know so what you were doing. Fell, we were in Bolivia, and just so everybody understands, we were in Bolivia, and it was the biggest trip we ever took. It was two teams big. Andrew took one team down because we were opening the Hope Center. I brought the second team down and met him, and the trip was marred yeah. with many, many adventures. I'll put it that way, like. We got detained at the airport, me and two kids between two Bolivian cities, and I only speak enough Spanish to communicate with small children. Like, it's not like it's a real – it's like literally my wife doesn't know where I am. She's got kids on another plane, just knows I'm left back somewhere in Santa Cruz, and we there's no internet. There's no cell phone. So – you know, I'm just with two. It was amazing, actually, a pretty amazing story. I got God led me to the one English speaking guy I worked for the airline in the entire airport who happened to just want to help me because no one helps you. Like no one helps you. They yeah. just mug you. You know. And so uh, we get down there. We open the Hope Center. Andrew's going to stay the second week. He's sending that first team back. He's going to stay with us. And I'm kind of running the trip because the second team's kind of youth. And it was going to be like you and your family just mm-hmm. kind of getting to hang and enjoy that week. It's the first time that my family of five had ever, ever been gone out of the country before together as a yep. team. And the last. And the last <laughs> one. So the first morning we were going to the work site before we can get there. As we got there, we got news. We opened the home. And we a bunch of us had stayed at the home with the kids that night because yeah. that was their first night in the home from the prison. Like they oh. never, they never, had, never a had a shower before, they never, never brushed their teeth. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing, it's, uh, unbelievable. Well, Andrew was climbing a ladder to put something up in the Powichi. We were we were building this basically an out, outside covered hut, but they called it a Powichi that's got a high roof, and so yeah, and we were constructing. Lifted something over his head, standing on the top step. Is this correct? Yeah, however you want to believe it. Standing John. on the top step, <laughs> lifted over his head, and and it was a, a severe fall. It was on a ladder. He came down top step of a the ladder. ladder. Where it says, shattered, Do not step shattered here. Shattered the wrist. He yeah. came down straight. Honestly, should have died probably. I mean, it Hit was, your head it on was the concrete. A Thirteen foot fall in a in a third world country. Broke his wrist, his ribs. Broke one of your legs, right? And yep. Legs, ribs, head. Hit his head. So I have this problem now. They, they he can't him, pronounce his R's. They, they, can't. Him to, <laughs> <laughs> they took him to a hospital. And so my wife was down there. They took him to the hospital. And the, the, the health care was so. It wasn't awful. 
Well, it, just, it was it was okay. But, they, but it was developed. They're developing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was okay. They they did the best they, <laughs> they could. They had cast. x-rays. They, they had x-ray. Johnny, speaking of, let me tell this. This is a sidebar story. Yeah. When they they took me in the ER room there, which was just a room, and then they said, "Look, we're going to get an x-ray." So the guy that comes to take my, to, you know, the, yeah. the aide to roll me back to take my X-ray. Yeah. The dude has a like a like a machine gun strapped to his chest. Oh wow! And he rolls me out of the room. He's yeah. like pushing my buggy down this long hallway, down another little hallway into this tiny, just nasty, putrid, throw up, pink looking room. Oh man! Here's an X-ray machine from like 1950. Wow! And then he stands up over the top of me with his big gun hanging in my face and sets me over. Onto the, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I really Everybody thought, has I guns thought there. death, I thought death was really sure. close to me at yeah. that moment in more ways than one. You're like, is the oh, safety yeah. on on this? Well, I mean, we got off the plane and on those missions trips, there'd be guy, a line of guys with guys, yeah. as you get off the plane. It's serious, serious. I mean, it's not like, again, people go all the time and we've never, you know, I mean, God always blessed us. But on that trip, then they put a cask on you, but they put the cast on too, too tight, solid. Too tight. So he had compartment syndrome. So he's in such pain, and and we had Jason Henry and my wife there, two medical people, and we had to take a, a sawzall or Drummel. a Dremel. I mean a Dremel. We were drumming, drumming my. Had to cut his cast off while he's sitting there in complete. And we're just trying to get him home because he yeah. had surgery. So he had a just a, a quite twenty four hour trip home, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he had to sit in airports because there was no no tickets available. All these uh, things. Anyway, I heard y'all strumming the guitar as I left. We were already, writing, already words. writing the songs and then writing the video. No. We're like, what rhymes with compound fracture? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I was left to finish the trip. Of course, I had two of your kids with me. You took your yes. youngest Aaron home, and you and Julie left. So, of course, your kids are terrified, and I got them there. And um, yeah. we finished the trip, and we went into the uh, market place. So it's the oh, same trip. Right. Yeah. This was the same, same trip. trip. We get out of the market. Oh, right. We go into this place. It's kind of the one touristy thing that we do, but there's only a certain part of the market. The concha. It's, it's, yeah, the concha. There's so, like, there's certain aisles. Market, you, market is not the right word. It's like, it's like, I, I want to say it's like six miles. It's crazy. Of just these rows that are within, they're like back to, they're like a storage shed. It's like a flea market. Like storage sheds. It's like a yeah. flea market meets like a, a Costco meets yeah, a, it's outdoors. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Meets food a, and farmers yeah. market. And yes, they're exchanging. Everything. Yeah, it's where you go to like get your Bolivian souvenir, but you can talk the guy down too. You know, you can. You but can, it's also where the Bolivians go. And yeah. There's also very, very dangerous like black market stuff going on, and so yeah. the missionaries know which aisle that's happening on. Yeah. So we always take the kids down the right you aisle. Stay on these two aisles, and yeah. you like you surround the kids, and you know all those things. We we had these all these systems to make sure everybody knew where everyone was and everything. Right. So we get out for some reason. The tr- okay, everything happened the trip. The trucks broke down. I mean, they remember did. that? Yeah, trucks and broke so, down. And so we decided the last day. I already had Andrew almost die on the trip, but got him home. Now the trucks are broke down. So we were sending kids around with an adult in taxis. Oh, okay, to go to three, the three at a time. Yeah. Well, the whole trip we had to use oh, taxis. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so I got them in taxis. I got them all out. We got them all the way through the concha. We got them all back in. I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, this is one of those like, Jesus, just let me, just let yeah. me get these kids home. It's the last right. day we're going right. to finally board the plane. I've already been detained at an airport. I mean, everything's happened. And I feel somebody, dude, it was the, I was really impressed. I feel somebody bump me because yeah. it's a crowded street. I'm hold. I'm letting a kid out of a car to keep him from getting run over. I'm doing my job. I feel someone bump me one way and then bump me a second. Uh, and I had my wallet in my front pocket. So I immediately went and felt for it. Gone. And it was Gone. Yep. And so 
they literally pickpocketed me and I didn't feel it, but I knew enough to know. Yeah. And I saw the guys walking across this crowded third world street. Like, it's like Indiana Jones, bro. It really was. Which little basket is he going to hide it in? It was exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> and so I turned to the missionary, who's former military, by the way, and then the other guy, who's now a missionary down there, Justin, who was with us. And he had an M16. And he, no. well, you know, but Justin was like former border control police yeah. officer. So I go, guys, I just got, and by the way, my driver's license, my ID. Right, you can't get home. Like, I can't, you know, the yeah. church credit cards in there. That, uh, was, that was the most that important was the part. one. You can't cancel those. <laughs> and so, literally, we started chasing these guys through the concha. And I got Laura taking the kids, get the kids out of here kind of thing. And I'm on this, like, I'm literally running through third world country. And by the last day, I'm speaking more Spanish. I took a lot of Spanish in school. A lot of it comes back but to you're, me. But you're, you're using the curse words this time. And they – well, like, I, apparently I knew them. And so, <laughs> and so they split up. They split up the two guys. Yeah. And we can't figure out which it is. And so the missionary is chasing down one aisle. The police are looking at us oh, wow. and laughing. And we're drawing way too much attention to ourselves. Like way too much. Don't yeah. do this. Don't. Yeah. And so I remember standing and this guy, I, tr- I ran him down. This is a crap. Why did I do this, guys? He could have stabbed you. He, he did, could he, have. I ran him down, and I got somebody with me. I can't remember. I go. Rich, Rich, Rich was behind you. R- was he with me? Rich was right behind because we were talking about this story the other day. Really? And, yeah. He and was, I was like, "Ora, ora, give it to me." Arriba, I was saying, arriba. I was saying, Boleta, Boleta. No, I was saying, you know what I'm saying? I was saying, Aver, Aver, let's see, let's see. Show yeah, me. Because okay. he said, I don't have it, I don't have it. And I was like, let's see, let's see. Dude unbuckles his pants, pulls his oh. pants down, shows. I mean, these are professional pickpockets. Yeah. You know. And I'm like yelling at him, and I'm thinking, I'm down patting him. Oh, no. He is. And I'm patting him down, and the guy could have easily just shanked you. Just shanked me right in the throat. Yeah. And I never would have, like, what an idiot I was at that moment. But I was like in another, it was like I was in a movie. Oh, man. I guess we chased him down and scared him bad enough or made enough ruckus. Yeah. that one of the guys, we didn't even know where it came from, dropped the wallet. They hadn't had time to go through it. Wow. Chris Price picked it up. Mm-hmm. And we ran back, got in a taxi, and got the heck out of there. And I remember just thinking, yeah. like, I got to get out of this country. Like, I, everything that could happen yeah. has happened. And yet God took care of us. You didn't die. <laughs> I remember that. hearing about that. Though, going, don't, go down the wrong, don't go down the wrong aisles. And the conscience like, what's down these aisles? I couldn't, I, I wanted to know. And I did one time, and I, I got a kidney. I bought a a black market kidney. I don't. They didn't say who. I mean, I was assuming it was used. Did you install it? Or yeah, you, I've okay. got three now. Okay. I've got three kidneys. It's very, very. You efficient. can't believe how long I can go without peeing. I'm ready to see the new Avengers movie. No problem. <laughs> if it's three hours, fine. Once no, again, no we return to pee. Uh, <laughs> it all comes, comes back to that, doesn't it? <laughs> Andrew, I do want to just. I no, do, no, hang on. We oh. have to. We 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 chased <laughs> this rabbit for the last ten minutes, all because when we came home. Yeah. We uh, oh right the video we, we did all, of you we all became we yeah, so did this oh, video right. of me we did a movie trailer, a trailer of you it's it like, like a big this, revenge thing it was like you know they had a, like a time bomb ticking down t- t- on yeah. a ladder t- 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 the ladder was the villain ladder, right, yeah. the ladder, ladder had, was coming it had after little me. eyeballs we put googly we eyes on a ladder yes. when we yes. revealed the villain in the trailer it was like this time I can't remember it was like this time it's personal and it was like. In the end, you we have the ladder sitting in the pit when we blew the fireball up. So the, uh, the you see the well, shine. Well, we had a kid dressed up like Andrew with a beard, no, 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 a you, fake beard. You, you and had, he's climbing the ladder. He's yeah. like, it was Hubert. It was Hubert Gomez. 
No, no, he, the, the first time we we, was, we did the body double though of a kid though too. Yeah, because Huber needed a stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had to fall. <laughs> he had to work. Sometimes you fall. <laughs> yeah. And you have to get back. What was it? What was your line? Huber had a, a lot. Like, a righteous line? man falls six times. Oh, yeah, we used the scripture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a nice touch. Soundtrack by Miley Cyrus. It's the climb. We did the whole thing. Of yeah, like, and the countdown yeah. is going on the phone, and, and then Hubert's walking away. <laughs> he's walking away in a trench coat with a gun, and he's walking right toward the camera. Yeah. And then and all he, of a sudden, all he this cocks explosion, the gun, he cocks and the, the gun, and the bullet comes out, and the shell comes blows up, right? Yeah. And then it gets zero, and it's like it shows the googly eyes like they're bigger. Yeah. Oh, and they get like there's you see the flame of the fire shine in them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing shot. shot. It's a great piece. And, and then like, we were like, this not summer, this time. Yeah, this summer, every step you break. That was the name of the <laughs> every film. Every step you break. And then it trailed out to every step. Uh, you break. Yeah. And somehow <laughs> Jeffrey made it say every step you break. I don't know how yeah, he did it. He did it. He edited this. And that got such a big laugh. Like two years later. We did the Spanish. Yeah, we did the Telemundo version. The Telemundo, Telemundo version, version of it. And so we put the every step you break, but the title was like it was like uh, now at Walmart, and it said it had the upside down <laughs> exclamation point on either side. <laughs> and then Johnny did the same voice, but Johnny doesn't speak Spanish, and so we had someone translate right. it. That's and he right. just. In, I just in said mundo. Yeah. Like he did the whole. Yeah, it was intense. And then when did Hubert. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Hubert did the first one. I remember it was, was Hubert Gomez is. Andrew Wharton in Every Step You Break. And yeah. So that was me. So in the in the Spanish version, right? It's was, all like it weird. Like, Uber Gomez, yes, yeah. Andrew Wharton, like he did this. Thing. Well, I remember we had it when he Cuba caught. Is Cuban? <laughs> he is Cuban. I remember <laughs> when we had him cock the gun and the little shell come out. It went. <laughs> yeah, it had like a. It was like a bicycle horn. It was a little bit whimsical. It was so dumb. I mean, like, we were so meta. Like, we were five layers yeah. deep. We're making fun of something joke. we did that we thought was funny. So much yeah. time. And the, we would spend oh so much time do it for just one shot. That was one the shot, thing man. Jeffrey would get the most excited about. Like, he would he work would, he would love 12 it. hours straight on it. We'd sleep for two weeks. Yeah, we'd yeah. do it all. Of course, we'd always wait the last minute. We'd be out here. Like, the time we did the, I was training the new youth pastor videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, we did a whole yeah. montage where we interviewed, it was like interviewed the dinosaur, Thomas yeah. Jefferson, and we had like me, you, and our Spanish pastor at the time sitting at a table interviewing people with these ridiculous questions. Somebody just did a joke about youth pastors, how do they come up with a formula for how many pieces of pizza, and it was pretty close to what we what did. What we did in the video. Which we trained him to do the formula, and so if we have 30 kids, 20 are girls, 10 are boys, blah, 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 and he goes, you need this many pieces. I'm like, well, how did you get that? And he's like, divide by pie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that was our big dumb... <laughs> Joke and somebody did something very similar to that, and I'm I'm dubious of it. Okay, and I, I put him out in the bus, yeah. and he's supposed to go between the cones. And when it, the gag was he runs all the cones over, yeah. and he looks down and he's he's texting, like we <laughs> this, and it's like taking my driver's test now. Hashtag crushing it or something, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. he's, he's hitting every cone, and I'm, we made him do push-ups in the montage. Yeah, yeah. And we put all of the books I'd written on his back, and I was like, like Don't th- go. Yeah. There were, th- there were yeah. like three at the time, or four or five. I don't know. Many probably. Yeah, we added some more. There was quite a few. What's funny is, you know, and, and I'm glad I have you here because it just I don't want to go into all of it. But what's funny is, is those were amazing times, and how like you and I have had like this huge. We're talking about a lot of the podcast, but you've been a huge part of really like a change in thought to to what church should be because we had a lot of things right. Yeah. We had a lot of things right about relationship. A lot of things right about loyalty. We're very loyal. We were probably more loyal sometimes. to people, yeah, yep. than we were even to the to what we should have been doing, and we kind of ended up people pleasing. You know, videos are a great example. Like, oh, we yeah. got to do this because everyone loves it and expect it. 
they expected. And, and so we all kind of, we, we, like Jesus was our context and, and all of these things. And we, we loved him and served him and loved people. But man, our community was just constantly not in health. You know, it was a lot of turnover all the time. And, and often the turnover was because we hadn't performed as well as we did the year before. Yeah. Some way. Well, you train them to, to seek after performance. Right. Well, you know, my kid graduated. So now this church just isn't for me anymore. You served my kid well, but so there wasn't like that deep embedded community. And you and I really went through. I mean, we, we kind of use these words, and I want to be I'm hesitant to say them, but we, we went through like a, a transformation of thought that, that all the bottom kind of fell out on us a little bit. And so I just, as we kind of wrap it up today, I just, I think like that, that the, those memories aren't tainted for me at all. Right. They're not tainted for me at all. But they're amazing and amazing things we built. We often say, we've talked about in the podcast, like we, we built a great house. It just maybe was on not the best foundation. And we're still building a lot of that great house today, but we just kind of understand a little better a foundation of the gospel in a place, you know, and I just love for you to share, you know, any of those thoughts you have about where we were and where we're going and, and kind of that life of brokenness that we live now, not afraid of people, but sharing our brokenness with people every day. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I think if the truth be told, the most difficult thing is to, for me, has been to just stop and come to a moment where I realize, man, this is a... Uh, this this isn't this isn't turning out the way that I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth, man. I got great people around me, and we really did. We did some great stuff, and I love what you said. It's not tainted. I mean, when we could, we could probably go on all day right. about that kind of stuff. And and there's as many as we talked about. There's probably six, seven times more. Yeah, and and the people who were involved in them and the relationships are all still valuable. But in all of that, they're they're. I mean, this is where this kind of gets to be an awkward conversation is you have to recognize what wasn't working. Something yeah. wasn't working. Something wasn't right. And it's not because we didn't have a thousand people in the church or 10,000 people or whatever. That It wasn't a, a quantifiable thing. Yeah. It was that if we just really just say it, that people around us weren't being changed by the power of Christ. Mm. They were living and I, this is kind of a thing for me right now. There's, I'm really doing some exploration on having a form of godliness but denying its power. Mm-hmm. And we always think of that as absolutes. You either are in God or you're not. Yeah. But it, it's not. I think there's degrees of that. And yeah. I think we live in this place where we can just call, the, call ourselves in the faith a lot, but not fully embracing it all, only embracing a portion. And there's so much more of it if we understand it right. And as for us, we kind of came to this place together through some circumstances that were happening in our life, through some things that were happening between us individually. And we, we can probably talk about not that they were bad, but we – we were struggling in our relationship. It it's like a trial. Well, we were, we were struggling in our relationship, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one, yeah. one with another, but not like at each other's throat, but just yeah. distant in in agenda and goal and purpose because yeah. we were so frustrated because the people around us who we yeah. had, and I'll just cut to the chase, the people around us who we had poured our life into the best we knew how from giving them roles and helping them do things and taking them on missional journeys and making sure that we're, we're, we're caring about them and listening to their heart and trying to make allocations for them and make place for them. All of a sudden we recognize that men, A, first of all, most of them have abandoned us or that's a hard term. That's but how it felt. That's how it felt Yeah, because I'd given all this to you and now it wasn't good enough because your kid either left the youth group. Now you're not tied to us or we said something in the pulpit that maybe you didn't think was right or, or whatever it was. It wasn't strong enough to, to, to hold them. And I began to just go, man, the gospel of Christ should not look like that. Mm-hmm. And so I just went through this dark season of my life where I just didn't even really know what the gospel was about. And if that sounds horrible for a pastor, but real life transformation 
then we started to experience that together. Yeah. And that's where it all started yeah. is realizing that your life and my life had to change and our understanding of the gospel of Christ, that I was a broken person. I had broken expectations of what church and pastoring was to look like, had broken expectations of what being a father was supposed to be about, had broken – not because I didn't have good good parents or not because I hadn't been in church all my life, but the thing that I had pursued my whole life was leaving me empty, mm-hmm. the, the pursuit of being a successful pastor, right. the pursuit of running up the ladder to the highest echelons of the organization we were involved in, people telling you that you're great just because – you feel like that you're great because you're giving so much money. Man, we're touted well because we took so many mission trips right. or because all these works. And all of a sudden someone looks, looks at you and says, hey, you're, you're, you're living a pastoral ship that's based on works. And I immediately just exploded yeah. and said, there's not a chance in this world. That was me that said that. was that John that said that. <laughs> in this office, by the way. Yeah. And then they and I just, fought. And I just, yeah, we did. We just, we just, we just were like, we fought for like weeks over it. And I would get so mad. But that's the that's I guess where I'm. I think you know, it's probably a two part. It could be the first two part ever talk about you know, that so ever. Funny, but you were sitting on the couch where Johnny's sitting right now, and I remember the day. It it, it was as, as supernatural a moment I think I've ever experienced out of all the things that we were raised in. I just remember the day that a light bulb came on for both of us. Yeah, it was like a light bulb suddenly. Going because we did not realize how how works based we really were yeah. because that's such a theological sounding term. We didn't realize how much confidence we put in our job to get all this. It's like Jesus gets you to heaven, but the rest is up to us, you know. Yeah. And and, and and so like we no no concept of helping people become confident not in how well we could preach or how yeah. well we could sing or how well we could make a video or how well we could put together an event or how well we could organize a program or how and and we had. And it's not a, a dig on the people because people will just go where you lead them in terms of being leaders. That this had to, like you said, this had to come back to us at some point. That we were so wounded and tired, and and mm-hmm. why 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 aren't? Here's the real question: Why aren't we enough? Like that? That's what it always came. Why can't we've gone to the ends of the earth, stayed up all night with your family when you're in crisis, did all these things, and to be quite honest with you, we expected something in return. We expected, That's right. We did. We expected your loyalty. Yep. We expected you to hang out with us, and, and at the end of the day, they were loyal. We were asking them to be loyal to the wrong thing. We weren't letting the gospel grow in them. The kingdom of priests were there being involved in those things in each other's lives constantly. And it meant, man. We lived in this place. It's hard. We lived in this place where that if you would take care of me, yep. if you would show up, if you would pay your tithe, give yep. to the church, let your kids go on missional journeys, you participate in whatever, here's what I'll do for you. Here's what we'll do for you. We'll produce – I'm just going to tell you. We'll produce funny videos for you. Yep. We'll make sure that you have a good experience when you show up on Sunday and yep. you can laugh and you can cry. And we'll be there for you when you have a hurt in your life. And you just keep telling us that we're doing a good job and we'll keep loving on you. And that was a relationship that I lived in for years, misguided that it may be. Yeah. That is where I was. And, and I felt very good about it because we did it well. Right. We did it very, very, very well, only to realize that it was just all of a sudden when, when, true, when true hurt happens, when true sin happens, when people come to a place in their life when they're, they're searching for more of God and you can't lead them to it because we're all broken and we're all hurt. And then all of a sudden you you can't have you can't, you can't have the thing that helps lead them into that that's where we were because all we were doing were, were, was workspace yeah and it sounds and and there's really more to 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 unpack here and maybe we can do that some other time but 
that that's kind of how we let that's the that was the genesis for the change in our life the last three or four years is that we both came to this place where we said hey basically you suck and i suck yeah it's, we're not enough and we're not enough yeah and we can't do this on our own yeah and johnny's abandoned us and he's on the road right, he's we gone. don't have him anymore Good grief. right so we can't be as funny as we you know were. how hard it was to be funny without you that's, that's my that's point the truth it's, it's yeah. right i mean it no because it didn't i mean johnny it's all your fault man the point point being like it was the best news the hardest yet the best news we ever heard was yep. when, when we could really admit that we were broken mm-hmm. we were angry we were bitter we were wounded uh, there's a lot more to the story that I'd love to actually have you back on and tell. And it's and it's not and that's and it's not that it was one thing or or at this point one. It's not like these people in the church were wounding no. us. I want to be real clear on that. It Good was just people. where we were in our life. Yeah, we weren't. Fulf- I wasn't fulfilled as a follower of Christ and I'm pastoring a church. That was the problem. <laughs> there you that go. That was the problem. And until yeah. I came to that point personally, that I'd said that to myself. Yeah. Then I said that to my wife. Then I said that to John. Mm-hmm. And then. I said that ultimately to my church, and all of them went, what the heck are you talking about? And now now we're going to try to take you on this journey that we've been on for the last year trying to find a better place in Christ. So that's that's kind of how we led. To, that was an amazing day, though, and it took a while. But I remember the day that we both just were like, man, I can't do this anymore. It's not a chance. Yeah. I can't go on. I can't, I can't do 15 more years of this just absolute – not feeling satisfied. There weren't enough accolades. There weren't enough cheers. There weren't enough. There wasn't enough money. There weren't enough positions to mm-hmm. satisfy the whole. And man, boy, what a life it's been since. Now I can sit here with you know six people in the church and be so satisfied, you know. Or I can I can sit in a room with two or three guys and talk about Christ and what He's doing in our life and how He's transforming our life and how how beautiful it is to talk about my brokenness and my sin or the struggle that I had this week and know that they care for me. That's me and that's the body of Christ. And we, 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 we missed that. Now, now you're hosting the college group at your house. You know, your we, son. we can't, we can't leave this. We can't leave. And this if, you use, living, if you use the living room, I'm suing you well, for Johnny, copyright it's funny. infringement. We, we moved outside. We don't call it the living room. It's, the, it's called the plate. We believe in a flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for all the listeners out there, I, I, the senior pastor of the, yeah. the church at Pleasant Grove, yes. brought uh, John Driver to be our youth pastor, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the greatest moves we ever made. And then subsequently, he introduced me to Johnny through yeah. a series event. Johnny came, which we covered earlier. This way I could teach the whole church a whole works-based mindset. Right. It, was, it, was a person, it was a whole idea. So, so Johnny shows up. And so as we, you know, find he, we talked earlier, he, he runs the living room. So right. Johnny's, Johnny's running the living room, a young adult ministry. And so when Johnny makes the, makes the big courageous move into right. going to, to launch his amazing uh, comedic career, we're like, man, we got these young people wanting to do with them. Well, yeah. We just thought John comes to me and goes, look, cause John is all things to all men. I can do everything. Just, right. just add it to my plate. I'll I'm capable. Harder. I'll just work harder and stay <sighs> up an extra four hours in a 42 hour day. So he stays up. And he takes on the college ministry yeah. and runs it for, man, several, several years. Well, I'd I left say. youth ministry in, in 2012 and went and went into that. Into that. And you made me teaching pastor. That I started That's doing right. Sunday mornings. And you I crossed over for like a, a while. For just I, a I, did, bit. I did both for both a little for bit. For about, about a year. Yeah. And then you became a teaching years, pastor. I did two years of, of mm-hmm. uh, we called it NUMA. So you called it living room. I called it NUMA. And we did more of a service format in yeah. church. Yeah. So, 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 so Johnny does the living room or young adults. Which is Spanish, John? by the way, Spanish for give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. Yeah. It's, yeah. Numa! 
So in this uh, last several um, years of this journey that God has moved us into, which is just amazing, and, and we we were talking a little bit about, but I just I don't know, man. My heart has been really turned to the young adult world. Yeah, and I just think that I just it's just really bizarre. So about I three, think it's great. Man. About three months ago, my my middle son Caleb has has graduated from college now and he's moved back in well not moved he never left but he's he's back home with us so we've remodeled the house and given him kind of more of a little apartment feel because he's going to go to grad school he's going to live with us for for several more years unless he gets married and we're, we're great with that but he, he's like dad i just i just i just want to be part of a gathering of young, of young people that just young adults that hang out and just talk about life and community and share share one another's heartbeat for christ i said okay caleb let's do it so we now i now him leading the young yeah. adult ministry at the Church of Blessed Grove. So, now which, so, so in youth, two years, you're going to be the youth pastor. I'm going to be the youth pastor, <laughs> and then I'll be the children's, the children's pastor. pastor. Yeah. It's like Benjamin Button, church staff. You're going backwards, <laughs> and you're going to be a little baby at the end. But, dude, it's awesome. It's yeah. probably, I mean, I look so forward to it. Anyway, so the I just find is. it funny that in this room are the hi- historical journey, right. the young oh, adult pastors. The legacy. Of this church, legacy what a of legacy room. of it. And the truth is. I could not be, that's the change. That's the transformation. I could not be more excited. And I know you're hosting and, and we're mm-hmm. leading it differently now. Yeah, definitely. It's not I'm, not, I'm not teaching it. I'm, I'm just and, opening my house and yeah. loving on these young adults. And we're and a satellite. We're a satellite of the porch out of, uh, which is the largest young yeah, adult we just, we just, uh, ministry mm-hmm. in the country. And so y'all do community basically, and you use their resources. And it's a great thing if you're listening uh, for the porch Tuesday out the nights porch, at Mount Juliet. Yeah. Send us a, a text or a, a, a tweet or something, and email us whatever technology you have, really. Yeah, please. And we'll do our best to help you know. But it's amazing because, and you said it to me last night, like everything that we didn't know to say, we're still learning mm. for sure. But there's a lot more healthy things that are happening right now in the generations just behind us and our church as. That whole idea of pastors, you know, pastors are always burn out and we got to mm. like, nope, that's I not quit, how. I quit every Monday. Brother. Oh, we used to hear that. Yeah, yeah we did. And, and, and John, it's so true. Yeah. We don't supposed to be it's not true that we quit every Sunday. But that was but the expectation. So true that we I remember growing up with pastors that. that would say that's, I oh, quit. You people. Yeah. yeah. And it's like now, it's so funny. My wife, even in the last, in the last year and a half, especially, she'll say, okay, you just come home from work happy now yeah because work is not it's i have hard days it's been a hard couple of days by the way sure. but it's been doing kingdom stuff like it's hard work helping yeah. people through kingdom stuff and hard right. things but i'm not coming home because andrew hurt my feelings and we didn't have the biblical means for he and i to be honest with one another and to resolve our conflict we do that now and that takes all that or the church person didn't like my sermon, mm-hmm. and so now my insecurity is tweaked, and I need to I need to go into a dark hole for a few. You know, heck, y'all know I said the word intercourse in a sermon. You By did. the way, we did start this this one. <laughs> you should go listen to last week. Yeah, because yeah, it's we'll give a context, little context is everything. Yeah, yeah. But point being, like it is, there's energy in the kingdom. It's not that's not hard, but even when we get down, like we hear pastors who have no community. In their church because you're not allowed. We, was it you? Someone was telling me today. Pastors aren't allowed to tell about their problems. Yeah, yeah. Pastors, you got to go find someone outside. It's like mm-hmm. we realize that's not the biblical way. Like we are not only in community with each other as pastors. Like we're sharing in community with other people in our church who are shepherding us. Uh-huh. And so, like, there's no expectation that we need to be super Christians. Like we're letting Jesus be the super one. And I know it sounds crazy. And we're we're we. 
are horrible at it. We're not doing great at it, but Jesus is doing things in it. Like we're still like babies or little deer standing up and wobbling. I feel like half the time, but boy, when in doubt, we go to honesty, when in doubt, we share more than less. And that's a way different way that we used to be, uh, in terms of that. And, and Andrew, I just, I've been actually excited to have you on for a long time, but there's, I want to have you again to share even, even more of those things, but that it's a big day for me to, for us to sit and share stories together. And Johnny, you and I talk about the time. It's, it's hard for me because I know that you're gone like 300 days a year and yeah. you're always out, but you, you've been a part of that story. And you still are like, you're still very, very yeah, important. And all that stuff means so much to me still. And I live in community with you a lot, you know, you and I are together yeah. and, and share, there's not a thing I can't share. So you guys are two, you know, are the best friends I'll ever have in this life you know, long term and, and mm-hmm. we sit here together. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun convergence mm-hmm. and, and I just, I love it. We're all hugging right now. We are group uh, hug, but it is, but it, but it really is like, man, this is the, and we, we I said that Sunday in the message, he's on the resurrection and the life and like, this is the life. Yeah. Like it's hard sometimes, but this is supposed to be like you're on the beach or on the cruise ship. It's hard. You're doing good stuff, but you, at the end of the day, you're tired for the right reasons. And you could say, you know what? I trust this is, this is, this is the life, man. And I don't know if it's going to be the biggest church or I don't know if we're going to, you know, but this is the life and, and seeing it happen in you guys has just been that fun thing and that honesty. So, um, coming to a place where you recognize that you truly can't do this with what you thought you could do. Yeah. You can't do it on your own skill. Yeah. Because that's what we do. The more skill we get, the less we feel dependent, which is common on, on, on Christ or on God. And so, man, you surround your, I mean, I'll just give it to you straight. You surround yourself with people like y'all and you're the pastor of a church because all of y'all are more adequate than I am in many areas, especially in the humor area. Especially in the, John, in the teaching area and the, the, the biblical study. And, and so, as all the old models have been, surround yourself with great people. So as a pastor, you do that, and all of a sudden you turn around and you realize that, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I can do this. I can build this great thing or build it up and realize that I don't need God in it because I have wow. great people around me. So it's a, it's, a, it's a complicated place, I think, for anyone in their life, and we probably should talk about it more just outside of the room even, but with anybody, it's a complicated place complicated to come to a place where you just at 55 i'm willing to say i might have not lived a full life in christ mm. even though i've been in the faith since i came out of the shoot as i like to say <laughs> <laughs> i came out of the shoot came out of the shoot you know and so yeah so here i am willing to say okay i don't know it all yeah and I mean, if, if it means radical transformation, if it means changing my message, if it whatever it takes and and I feel like we're moving in great full, full enclosure of all the things of Christ. Uh, it's just it's a great place. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to do. I really am thrilled to do it with y'all and, and yeah, I'm yeah. thrilled to follow in your footsteps. No, as a young adult pastor at the church. Of <laughs> you, blaze a lot, you blaze a lot of trails, man. Oh, yeah, man. You've For always sure. encouraged me to write books. You've always encouraged Johnny yeah. to do comedy. You've always pushed, even in those those days. There's so much that we wouldn't be doing. If you know, you I'll, I'll made room t- for us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going because I want to tell a story on John because I'll probably never get this chance right. to give to, okay. to the worldwide listeners. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll never forget the day that John walked, and I, we were standing out here in what is now our, our cafe. And I'll never forget the day that John walked in and. I think he had received one of his, I don't know, 495 rejection letters. That's a lot. 
from all of his uh, writings that yeah. he or whatever solicitations yeah. and publishers yeah. that you wanted to write books in many. He was just because we really thought this one might have been the gig, this one might have been the one, and and it and and yet another rejection. And I and I remember saying to him, you know, John, what do you think God's called you to do? What do you feel like you need to do? He goes, man, I just want to write. And I remember saying something to this effect, and I may get this wrong, but I remember saying, man, why don't you just go write? Just go write. Don't write for a publisher. Don't write for anybody. Yeah. And he did. And you went, yeah. and you started just writing. And what followed the next thing that you began to write, that was like right before Sadie was born. Yeah. It, was, it was soon before Sadie was born, and he began just to write. Yeah. And he wrote, as we all— 40, us, 40 Days of Purpose. He did. Guys, he, wrote it, he wrote it with. If you, <laughs> look, if you look real close, it's real Rick small. Rick <laughs> Rick Rick this is with John Driver. It's like a whisper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but, wrote, I wrote I guess, 50, 52 first year father yeah. reflections. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. Remember that? Don't you remember that? You can actually go to the Chronicles of, actually, chronicles of Sadie.com. Yeah. You can read those. That was, that, was, that was the genesis. So there should be a second Chronicles for her. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Chronicles uh, in the Bible. I. <laughs> First and Second Chronicles, the same. <laughs> oh, Johnny! So I just, I just would like to. And say, you want to be my teaching pastor? And you didn't. Know <laughs> he that. did. That's right. That's his place. So disappointed. Yeah. So let me just say, I think that, I think the the when you talk about whatever you're doing, you know, I think Tyler Trent's the last one that you've done. I think you've got an, another one you're working on. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I just, it's that concept that is exactly what has happened to us in our spiritual life. That one day, yeah, we just decided. That we're going to write. It doesn't matter who's going to what. What it is they're going to see, or what it is that you're, you're going to go write about Sadie. I didn't. I, that was not what I was anticipating. But you wrote about Sadie for a whole year, yeah. because you started just to write, and it didn't matter who. I started just to say, I want more Christ, in a level I just have not experienced. And it's that man, and and, and so you know maybe I'll get to the point to where I have you know a whole different perspective of it in a, if you will in the analogy multiple books of new life in Christ if you will so yeah. and I can write my own I can do I can do Andrew chapter 1 chapter 2 John's chapter two. got some names of agents he can connect you with mm, no no your, writing your rejection no writing. letters are already on the way oh, yeah. so, <laughs> we're going to go and get those expedited out to you <laughs> yeah. so in the mail so that's my that's my place great man Maynard thank you so much for sharing today and that we have really enjoyed having you it's been a great episode and uh, don't forget to subscribe review Yep. Give us five stars if you feel like it. Yeah. It's like a digital standing ovation. Yeah, we've had a couple guests the last few weeks, and so, you know, we want to get back to some of your questions as well. So be Please. sure to send us uh, send questions, questions you have. We'll want to do our Ask John and Johnny segment. But mm. uh, as always, we're just, we're just honored, man, to get to spend a little time with you here on Talk About That. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.